0: what is up everybody welcome into no punt intended presented by club fantasy joe as joshua said is unable to make it so i will be your host for the next two weeks and Woo! i'm just so pumped so excited to be able to host this show and guys we've got a very 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 special guest with us we've got howard bender at Roto Buzz Guy on twitter he's a vice president of operations at fantasy alarm and a little quick fun fact about Howard, me, um, my dad and Howard Bender were great friends bartending together when they were younger and they're still good friends today. And he, like, and Howard just quickly, man, I just really want to thank you, you know, starting my Twitter page and all that stuff. You were just a big help. And when I, when I see you, you know, cause you have such a big platform with fancy alarm, you've like 22,000 followers or whatever. And when I see you retweet my stuff, I'm just super appreciative. Cause I know a lot of people are going to see that and I'm, I'm just really appreciative of how you've supported me so far.
1: Well, thank you very much. Beautiful intro. Guys, thanks to Beat for having me here. Ryan, Josh, um, Hutch. What can I say, dude? Listen, yeah, you know, when your dad first told me that you were into fantasy football, I mean, like a little piece of my heart, like grew a little bit (laughs) bigger there. Because, you know, for anybody out there who doesn't know Hutch's dad, uh, singer-songwriter, Actually, when, when I first knew him, it was. uh, well, yeah. yeah, it was, but you know what? Come on, listen, you said, give that your dad a, once a singer, the, always yeah. a
2: singer. <laughs> yeah, you Sorry, give dad. your dad you a baritone. Come on, Sorry, dad.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on, what do you mean? Sorry, no way. Throw him a guitar, ask him to play Pocket Change. It's absolutely my favorite song that your dad used to do back in the day. So, yeah, when I heard that you were a fantasy guy, oh, dude, it made me so happy i was like and, and then when your dad said that you guys were doing a fantasy league together i was like oh you got to show this young punk up man here's a <laughs> subscription to fantasy alarm here's some gear here's the draft guy here's the cheat sheet whatever you need i just you know you got to slap that kid down man you got to do it and i i heard he he might have
3: finished ahead of you two. yeah what happened yeah, with that? he was
0: very frustrated yeah, yeah he did
3: Oh, now, what's funny is Josh had drew up the show sheets for these and listed you, Howard, as one of the dream guests for the show, because we knew you were Jets fan. And then everything <sighs> fell into place where Hutch was going to need to be the host. So this was serendipitous. It's almost like we planned this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You guys are like, all right, new
1: kid hosting, Howard Bender is a guest. Let's we're going to make the them three- all nervous.
2: We're going to bring the great Howard Bender on. Yeah. We got this. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> but but we're breaking yeah, down, like, the three worst teams in the NFL, yeah. too. It's Pretty like, much, yeah. let's, let's sift through the garbage here. We
2: had to make, make it easy with. for Hutch. Come on now. <laughs> I
3: was going to say, when you have great co-hosts, you pick bad teams because they'll make it entertaining.
1: So. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh well again, thank you so much for having me, guys. Real pleasure,
0: man. Real it's pleasure our honor. to be here. Gonna be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. So today's show, guys, we're looking at the start of our of Club Fantasy's A Look Inside Team Previews. We're doing three teams per episode. And today we got as uh we just mentioned we have Jaguars, the Jets, and the Texans to talk about today. Look, so let's start with the Jaguars. Last year's record, they were 1-15. They've got a new coach in Urban Meyer. And I'm just going to quickly read through these names. So upside players from Ryan and Josh, both Marvin Jones. The downside players, um, I'm sorry, upside means, you know, relative to where they drafted, they could finish much higher. That's what upside basically means. They both have Marvin Jones on that list. Downside, players who are being drafted relative to a spot where they have a big opportunity to finish much lower than where they're being drafted. Ryan's guy is James Robinson. Josh's guy is DJ Chark. And then trust fall guys, guys that look, if you're going to pick one guy from this team, who do you trust? Ryan's guy, DJ Chark, Josh's guy, Trevor Lawrence, the rookies to watch. Look, I mean, it's pretty much self-examatory rookies to watch Ryan and Josh both said Travis Etienne. And then we got Joe, Joe put in a little thing here. Joe's sleeper is LaVisca Chenault Jr and he also said he likes marvin jones if he falls to the wide receiver 40 45 range and he just and he says i trust samantha for a and she's a Visca stand so it kind of works and then joe's idp guy joe schobert uh am i saying that right joe schobert yeah yeah most underrated linebacker in all of football according to joe um now i'm not he, a huge idp guy so i'm not really i don't yeah, know like neither are we we just, let Josh, we just let joe have then- fun this is how i keep
2: joe happy and him employed with us <laughs> i let him talk about his defensive players i give yeah. him one show every year and i let him do these things on the look inside series makes him happy it's a small price to pay
0: <laughs> all right so howard put in his player to watch for good or bad reason just a player to watch whether it's good or bad, whether it's a breakout or a bust, who's your guy, Howard?
1: So I actually, I went with LaVisca Chenault as well. I mean, it's going to be real interesting to see what happens with the Jaguars this year. I really, you know, Urban Meyer and, and you know, bring in Daryl Bevel, you know, to run this offense. You know, what I find very interesting and, you know, a, a little odd about this whole thing is, you know, Darryl Bevel's like a run-first guy. I mean, I don't know if that was because he was so tied together with Pete Carroll or not, but, you know, he was definitely always, you know, about handing the ball off. I mean, back in the Marshawn Lynch days and then, you know, moving over to Chris Carson and and things like that. So it's weird having, you know, the run-first mentality there of Daryl Bevel uh, mixed with Urban Meyer, who loves to, you know, the the run and gun and, and throwing the ball downfield as much as possible you know, when you get a young rookie quarterback, like, you know, like, like you get here with Trevor Lawrence, there is going to be a a learning curve. And, you know, the short, quick timing routes tend to be a little bit more favorable. It's why that you see him lean on tight ends so much. It's why you see them lean on the slot receivers so much. So when you get a guy like LaVisca Chennault, who probably will run out of the slot, the majority of the time, um, you know that's really kind of uh, kind of where we're at. So that's you know I think Chennault could be a guy, especially in PPR formats, uh, who could help move the chains.
3: I think it's a great call, too, because there's also not really a tight end. And please don't bring up Tim Tebow, but there's not really a tight end oh. on the team.
2: Thank <laughs> you know yeah, shoes, did that, man. Ryan. Yeah. I just want to preface that. You
3: did that. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Chenault is going to fill that. I'm, I'm not saying he's a tight end, but he's going to fill that short-term intermediate role almost by himself because there's really not anybody at the tight end position who would also fill that role. So that's a really good point with him there.
0: My yeah, biggest Marvin... issue with Chenault. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and then uh, Marvin Jones and DJ Chark are both deep threats as well. So LaVisca is the only guy that can do, I mean, DJ Chark and Marvin Jones can do short routes, but LaVisca is definitely going to be the best guy to do those shorter routes. And he's just going to have all the opportunity in that offense. So I love, I love this pick for a breakout.
2: My biggest thing with Chenault is it's really kind of twofold. So the first domino here was, Urban Meyer brought in, like he wanted Kadarius Tony, right? He wanted Tony to kind of be that sort of gadget guy for his offense. We all know what Chinalda is able to do, not just as a receiver, but really just with the ball in his hands. You can do these sort of like pick and pop bubble screens, the shorter underneath routes. He runs and he's built like a freaking running back.
0: Handoffs, too. That's just
2: how he plays, exactly. That's what he did back in college. I mean, going back to 2018 at Colorado, he ran out of the slot over 50% of the time. So we know he's able to do that, even though last year they really did not work him into the slot at all, really. He was only about 27.5% from there. Like, that was sort of like D.D. Westbrook before he got hurt. They used Keelan Cole in that role as well. Neither of those guys are here this year. You bring in Marvin Jones, who knows Daryl Bevel's offense, or Darren Bevel's offense, excuse me, uh from their time in in detroit and and howard you brought it up Bevel likes to run the football and that goes all the way back to his minnesota days with chester taylor adrian peterson you know just being able to control the clock you go from peterson to marshawn to chris carson to what he's had in in detroit which really isn't much of anything and it's like all right well i've just got to throw the football out of necessity you bring in trevor lawrence who knows how to throw the football out of necessity. There's a lot of moving parts here, and that's why, for me, it's hard to get behind LaVisca Chenault in this instance, just for that simple fact that he's going around the wide receiver 40. Some people think he has wide receiver three, even wide receiver two upside in this offense. I just – I don't know. I feel like the only way that's going to happen is if we see an injury from Marvin Jones or an injury from G.J. Chark, which are two things that have happened very recently in the past.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It definitely
1: makes sense. I mean, I could, I could definitely see that, especially if they do use ETN more as a receiver than they do um, as that. But yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I get it. I, I just, I, I, feel like those deep routes are going to be tougher. Um, they're going to be easier to defend. Is really what it comes down to. If you're, if you, if you put a spy onto ETN wherever he lines up, and then you've got your corners. Um, it's going to be a little easier to defend because you're not going to have as much over the middle um, where Chenault can probably thrive a little bit more. So but well, good point, yeah. though. Good
3: yeah, point. and they don't also have also. the greatest offensive line to protect that to, for them to throw that knee no. <laughs> <laughs> I really worry about this and team. That- I
1: think this team in the first go out, is this is going to be rough. I mean, Urban Meyer's been taking a lot of flack for that draft. He's taking a lot of flack for the move. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I this is say, a team that should have spent all either, of their but... early picks. <laughs> <laughs> they should have spent <laughs>
2: all of their early picks on offensive linemen and defensive talent. Period. You
0: yeah. yeah, like they like
2: outside of Lawrence at one like defense, and they yeah. add tra- you know Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. You have an undrafted free agent who just put up a thousand freaking yards, <laughs> and now you want to just say the best investment in all of football. Oh, we don't need that. We're just going to do the worst investment now in football. You don't spend first-round picks on running backs. It's not rocket science. It doesn't,
0: it, it doesn't work. And also with the run like the, with the run heaviness comments you guys put out there, this like since they didn't really draft any defense, this defense is going to suck, and they're going to be behind, and they're not going <laughs> to be able to run the balls. As, even if they want to, they're not going to be able to run the ball. Nope. They're going to have to throw. I think we could see Trevor Lawrence have a Joe Burrow type of season because this offensive line sucks. This defense sucks. The weapons are good. So I think he could just ball out this season. Are you like pre- Burr, just get hit tons? Like I say, are you
3: predicting he'll be, be broken ball. after ten games?
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> there was yeah, another knee. No. No, oh. no, sure. Wow. No, don't I'm you put that bad juju word.
3: on my Rookie of the Year, okay? <laughs> I
0: don't want <laughs> He gets hit a lot. He's going to get hit a lot this season. Yeah. It's definitely concerning for fantasy football.
2: I, I have I have Lawrence right now, and th- th- again, this is kind of like my first go-through with, with projections this year. I have him slated right now for almost 4,500
3: passing yards.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, I
2: mean,
3: you think and, they're going to have to throw a lot. So,
0: Well, go they're going to have to throw a
2: lot. But again, like as I'm doing this, realizing that adding a 17th game just like blows everything up, like all. The and I'm like, I don't you know see. if all of these teams are going to be throwing this much. But then I'm like, well, I mean, you add another game, it makes sense that these bad teams are going to have to keep throwing. Yeah, yeah. And Lawrence has that type of capability. I mean, I don't think you're a number one overall pick if you can't carry an offense with your arm, and that's yeah, what Lawrence has yeah. the ability to do. So. It would not shock me one bit to see him throw it, at the very minimum over 4,000 yards. If he makes it. Through He's got the game. Blake Bortles written 4, all over him.
3: Here. Yeah. Oh, please
2: stop. Damn it. Howard. Stop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now the one thing I want to throw out, we've been talking about how Bevel would prefer to run first. I was digging into the numbers and everyone wants to make a big deal that Jacksonville was, uh, had the fewest rushing attempts in the league last year. And that's likely to come up. Well, Detroit had the third fewest with Bevel there and also a bad team. So, the, the huge hope for James Robinson in this running game in general with these this rise in attempts, it may not happen in year one. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen a little bit further down the road, but Howard kind of hit it on the head. To start off, this is going to be a rough couple of games for this team because they're in huge prove it mode already. And when you're this young, you shouldn't have to prove things already. But my goodness, they have to already prove things. I do like the weapons. Um, I've talked about this a thousand times. Yeah, for deep threats, Chark and Jones. I like the way Lawrence throws the deep ball. I like the way he throws the fade. But if that line doesn't give him time, it's just not going to work. I really like to go back and look at what I might you might see out of Laviska. Is Curtis Samuel in his finer year with Urban Meyer was kind of used as both a receiver and a running back. He had 15 total touchdowns that year: eight rushing, seven receiving. I feel like that might be the vision. Visca has that kind of body that Urban at Ohio State loved to make a feature of his offense, but it didn't have a direct A-to-A correlation to a position in the NFL. And that's why we saw Samuel, who kind of came out as a running back, get treated as a wide receiver. And I feel like we might run into that with Visca, which could, for fantasy managers, pay off greatly. But see, that's my issue there because – he
2: went out and said, Chenault's not my guy. I want Tony. Tony wasn't there. I want ETN. That's why I'm not sold. Like everybody's like, oh, Visca's gonna have 50 rushing attempts, blah blah blah. This and that. He's fairly capable of doing that. We know that.
1: <laughs> but I, know.
2: I just it I'm doesn't just it just it's not like <laughs> I don't know that it's going to be what all of us fantasy managers actually want to happen. And the other thing, too, is how much influence Meyer's going to have over Bevel, who's been an offensive coordinator in this league for a very long time. That's the other side of it for me. Yeah, he's still the coach. <laughs> I'm also waiting for Urban Meyer to just be like, after eight games, oh man, we've only won one game. All right, guys, bye. And just pull like a Bobby Petrino or Nick Saban and quit. Oh,
3: goodness.
1: I'm waiting, right,
0: for, it. So I'm Spurrier, waiting for it.
1: Spurrier his way out of here. Oh, no.
0: It's definitely possible. All right, I think we're going to move on real quick. So, look, um, look, you guys have a big disagreement here on the downsides and the trust fall. Um, Josh, you have DJ Chark as a downside while Ryan has him as a trust fall. Why do you guys have him in that, and why do you guys disagree? For, we me,
3: for me, I just think DJ Chark is going to fall into the alpha role. I understand Marvin Jones is more familiar with the bevel system. I feel like Chark is used to being the alpha there. I think he's going to fall into being the alpha there and everything's new. I feel like he's going to see this as a way to just play better and kind of start over a new himself. For me, injuries kind of hurt the breakout last year and bad QB play, which is the last time I'll say that. I will not down talk Gardner Minshew. Um, but it definitely didn't help. The big change from 2019 to 2020 was a big drop in red zone and end zone targets. He only saw about half of the end zone targets that he saw the year before, thus seeing touchdowns drop. I think we're going to see that climb back up with Trevor Lawrence, again, because of his ability to throw to the corner of the end zone and do things that play well for DJ Chark. Um I love Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones is going to be a great value this year, but its he's not getting any younger. Chark, Char- Char- I believe, is just 25, maybe 26 years old. He's getting I'm ready to hit his old. prime with a very young – yeah, he may not even be that old. Um, he's getting ready to hit his prime with a very young quarterback, and I think it's just going to play out well for him, and I don't think he's going to cost much when draft season rolls around.
0: Yeah, for the same uh, reasons I that I
3: – go ahead, Dutch. Okay.
0: Um, so, Ryan, like what you said with his touchdowns going up, that's definitely a real possibility, and I, de- I think definitely that will happen because, look, this team is probably going to be in a lot of shootouts since their defense is so bad, and since Trevor Lawrence could probably carry them to a victory, they are going to be a lot of shootouts. It's kind going of to really, kind of be like the Chargers. They were just in tons of shootouts last year with their terrible defense, like their really hurt defense, and I think that Trevor Lawrence could provide that for DJ Chark this year. Uh, the yes,
2: same be- reasons why I'm – a little sour on Chark or fairly similar to why I'm sour on Chenault. So with Chenault, it's, we all expect him to fit a certain role. And Urban Meyer said, well, I like ETN in this role that you guys think is good for Chenault. And then there's other people that think that Chenault has the ability to step in and be the wide receiver one. And if that's the case, it's likely because Chark is either hurt or ineffective. Yeah. So I just feel like there's these these stepping stones and Chark is heading into the final year of his deal, does not have a contract for next year. If they drafted Chenault with the idea that he's going to be the wide receiver one, D.J. Chark, unless he absolutely balls out, which I'm not saying can't happen, but if we saw like last year where he gets hurt, he's ineffective, and that plays into it more so than the, the bad quarterback play, you could see an ascension from Chenault in a different role. And that's where I don't trust chart where he's being drafted. That's why I would much rather take a flyer on someone like Marvin Jones, who I think could ultimately be relied upon more early because he knows the offensive
0: system. Yeah. And with the lions, he was the wide receiver 17 last year with even with Kenny G being in for five games when he was the number one option. He produced uh-huh. yeah. some good numbers. And I think we could see that type of season. We could see a wide receiver two season from him, uh, it just depends, like, because D.J. Hart could be hurt. hurt LaVisca could be, like, I don't know, ineffective. He could turn into the number one option of this offense. I think taking a flower on him is a great choice. I think he's the number one.
1: So I, I, I'll, I'll chime in on, on, on this debate here because, I mean, I think everybody's got some valid points. You know, Marvin Jones has always been that second guy. He's always been the Z receiver. He's never really been the X receiver um, for a team. We saw that when he was with Cincinnati. We saw that when he moved – over to Detroit. So, you know, while, yeah, I think he understands the system that Daryl Bevel wants to, you know, incorporate in here. We also don't fully know exactly, you know, how much Urban Meyer influence there is going to be on this system as Ryan pointed out before as well. So, you know, listen, I love DJ Chuck. I think he's a fantastic route runner. I think his hands are underrated. Um, The injuries are, uh, you know, an obvious issue here, but yes, he is, Kind of just getting into his physical prime. He's 25 years. I think he is 25, 25, yeah, 26.
3: Not to be 25.
1: Okay. He's so he's
2: also 6'4. Like yeah. receivers just aren't built that way anymore. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> and
1: with with his speed, too. Like that's another thing, also. I mean, you get guys that are that big, um, and they and they just they they're limited to like a more vertical game inside the red zone. But you get a guy like Chark, um, who can you know spread the field, he can, you know, win the win the battle with his speed. Um, he can win the jump balls there as well. You know, I think that I, I do think he needs to toughen up a little bit more to go over the middle and across the middle and and take those hits. But you know, when you're when you're looking at it here as far as the way it goes, you know, Chark is gonna he's gonna start the season off as the X receiver. Jones is gonna be the Z receiver because Bevel's gonna put him where he's comfortable putting him. Yeah, like he's not gonna elevate him to you know number one wide receiver range just because he's familiar with it. I mean, listen, these guys are all NFL receivers and Chark has been around for a few years that he's got the ability um, to pick up, uh, you know, the offensive scheme fairly easy there. So, you know, I mean, I I think, I think both, both guys, as far as drafting goes, I mean, I'd be interested in both of them. I don't think either one, I agree. I don't think either one is going to cost much of a fortune here as far as, I don't know. Maybe maybe Chark goes for like a like a sixth or a seventh round draft pick. Maybe um, I don't even know what the current ADP has him at
2: yeah, right I'm now. I'm pulling but.
0: that up right now, actually. Yeah, so I assume he's like a seventh, maybe eighth round pick for DJ Chark, right?
1: Yeah, I mean he might he might actually go even a little earlier because, like as you pointed out, Hutch, they're gonna be playing from behind. I mean yep. that's how that's that's how Alan Robinson made his bones, right? Allen Robinson was with the Jaguars. Blake Bortles just chucking the ball downfield like <laughs> crazy uh, while they were behind. And all of a sudden, you were like, wow, this Allen Robinson guy is Damn. unbelievable. I think Chark can take that next step, um, you know, uh, legitimately. That doesn't say that, that Marvin Jones isn't going to be a solid guy. You know, if you look at what Marvin Jones did when he was with Detroit, anytime there was a top cover corner on Kenny Galladay, you were like, man, I'm I'm playing. You know, you were you were jamming Marvin Jones into your DFS yep. lineup yep. because that was like that had 100 plus yards, two touchdown game written yep. all over it,
3: and it almost always worked. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right, 60 percent right, of the time it worked, it worked, worked every time. time. <laughs> <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> 60% so to answer 90%. your question, Howard, Chark right now, according to fantasy data, is ADP is wide receiver 31 at 71 overall. So it's
3: mm-hmm. just so in 12 team
2: leagues, out. you're talking about yeah. what. Fifth, sixth, sixth round. round. Yeah, yeah, just before the Wait, seventh what's round. The, starts. What's
0: the overall again? 70 something? 70 71. 71. 71. In 12 team league, that's the end of the sixth round. Yep. I believe. End of sixth? Yeah. End of the sixth round. I'll
3: take that. I say oh, that's a round know. or two cheaper than he was costing you last year. So <laughs>
2: It is. And that's the start of the yeah. eighth in 10 team league. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I'm, willing, I'm willing to take him as a wide receiver three. But if I go like, yeah, I if know, you go wide, wide receiver, receiver heavier or
2: early, that's a wide receiver four. Oh,
0: yeah God. if you go wide receivers early that could be i usually go i usually tend to take my running backs and tight ends early i don't like to stick myself to that but that's usually what i tend to do i usually go i usually wait a little bit on receivers but um
3: uh, yeah I, I would I can be
0: pay dividends if he falls to that, yeah. that spot
1: yeah if you're sitting there like if you're picking on the wheel this year then you can probably turn chark into like your wide receiver four because you'll probably yeah. end up taking like you know, you'll double tap that that receiver slot there because everybody's leaving you, Devonte Adams, and
0: and you know.
2: Yep. Yeah, and at that point, it definitely Tyree becomes Hill. much less of yeah. a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, I think we're gonna move on to the Jets.
2: No,
0: but you have a new quarterback,
2: Howard. You have faith. You, you a new quarterback. have quarterback. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so last year's record, Howard. I know you love this one two and fourteen. Which very is two impressive. wins too many. Yeah, very impressive. New coach, Robert Sela, and I'm just gonna go through the upside, downside, trust fall, rookie watch, and Joe's sleepers and Joe's IDP guys. So upside for Ryan's Denzel Mims. For Josh, it's Denzel Mims for down for downside. Both have Jameson Crowder. Ryan and Josh both have Jameson Crowder. The trust fall, Ryan and Josh both have Corey Davis, rookie to watch. Ryan and Josh both have Michael Carter. So there's no. We don't agree all the time, often, I promise. I say, and Josh, no hate when this happens. Here. There's no disagreements here. And then like, I need to find something to argue about, damn it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's like. I'll pit you guys against each other. There's okay. a limited Those- number
1: of options anyway from yeah. this yeah. team. You're like, no. well, who's the best?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, who sucks? I'll well, give you these top three guys right here. All, all right. right. <laughs> Uh, Joe sleeper, Joe's sleeper said he hates this entire team. Fair. So with that being said, he thinks Zach Wilson is a sleeper, which I definitely get. I don't love it, but I definitely understand yeah. his And then Joe's IDP guy, Gerard Davis, he could potentially be in a Fred Warner type of role, says Joe. All right, Definitely on so the athleticism for Howard, him. Howard, so this is going to be a very fun discussion, Howard. Yes, um, who is your player to watch?
1: Well, you know, like I like I said, there are very limited options here. And I looked at who you guys all picked. And I didn't want to just, you know, go and grab the same, you know, the same guys, right? <laughs> because then we'd all be like, yeah, we all love these terrible guys the same. <laughs> um, but, you know, here you go. I mean, it's like I said with, with Trevor Lawrence and, and young rookie quarterbacks leaning on their tight ends. Um, you know, what was it? Two years ago, everybody was all in on Chris Herndon. He was going to be the guy. He was going to be the guy He was going to get the targets. He's going to get the red zone work. It was going to be great. As, As long as, as long as he plays, as long as he plays, Oh, well, he's, 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 you know, on the IL now, well, he'll be back in, in week eight. Uh, and then week nine came and then week 10 came and then week 11 came. And then we were like week 12. It was like, Oh, Hey, by that point, like, it was just, he has had no time with the team. And then, yeah. And then last year it was like, Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Adam Gase is our coach. So we suck. We're the worst. We're, we're the jet. (laughs) We're like, you know, we got Adam Gase in his eyeballs. Ooh. Um, So, but you know, listen, here's the thing. Like your, your wide receivers are Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. Uh, Jamison crowd will be coming out of the slot maybe because now they're going to w- try and work in Elijah Moore as well. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, I just, I just don't know. I think Zach Wilson, um, who loves throwing that hero ball up, you know, was at his pro day. They were like, look at that. He's running to his left. and He's throwing <laughs> to his right. It's amazing. Oh <laughs> right. Yeah, in, into a guy who's not covered by anybody and there's nobody <laughs> chasing him to the left to begin with. He's in shorts, man. Right. Come on. So I was like, okay. Look, see, Hutch was like, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, he didn't want to hear it. He's just
0: having some camera problems. He's like, I'm, like, <laughs> like, I'm out of like, here. You
1: guys suck with like your jets.
0: My dog just came upstairs and he was starting to rip up something up here oh. and I was concerning nice. my bark or something. So I was like, okay, I, I got to get you out of here, Blue.
1: Can we just admire Hutch's shirt for a second? Uh oh. Look at that. Look <laughs> Swag. at
3: that. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, don't, I, like don't know, I don't
0: know anything. where
1: he got that shirt from.
3: But clearly, it was a wise decision. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, got so. Me so, got so me listen. how he plays ninth
0: so- in my league. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, 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 wait a minute, what? <laughs> I <got someone> else. <laughs> wait a minute, I, I missed yeah. that, <laughs> yes. I need to hear that again, do I need a drink? I think I need a cocktail now, wait, what, yeah. what, what, were you, what did you just say, Hutch?
0: got my wow, I'm just wow. messing down, <laughs> <laughs> wow, now what did dad do again?
1: <laughs> he grounded hutch for like three weeks <laughs> no fantasy nice football for you, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh A- anyway back well, to the chris herndon God. saga for oh hutch God. completely burned me like that right <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the worst part is like that's that immediately that comment that was like his dad's favorite part of the show
3: Exactly. Like, yeah, you yeah,
1: oh, yeah. defender, man. Yeah, oh, no, defender.
0: To this show and he hears that, he's like instantly going to text me or call me. Hutch that was really the best. He's like, that was awesome. Yes, that's exactly what he's gonna do. He's gonna stop everything he's doing at work. And just go into his office, like Hutch. That was insane,
1: right? And I'm gonna text Andy, and I'm gonna be like, "See, you know what? Your boy's finished in this industry. He's (laughs) He's done.
2: No more retweets for you. (laughs) (laughs) You think that kid's gonna see his fifteenth birthday? No, no. Oh man.
3: All right. All right. So it. it. My face hurts from smiling so much.
0: I just
1: um, want to hug you, Hutch. Oh, I
3: gotta go this way. No, hey, Which way? I'll
2: make this easier
3: for you, Howard. There you go. Oh. <laughs> there you go. What's up, dude? Nope. <laughs>
1: Oh man! Anyway, Herman, like by default, will probably get some of that red zone work. You know, when they just when they do throw it to the tight end. I don't know. I mean, again, I think this team is trash. I don't like the person. I hate Corey Davis. I hate Corey Davis. Wow. I think I I just think he was completely overrated, and all the truthers out there were like, "Oh, he's such an amazing wide receiver at Western Michigan." I'm like. Listen, I don't mean to run down the program at Western Michigan too much, but I mean, come on, he's like sucks right now. And then you know, and then listen, you know, then you know the injuries are a problem for him. He had a couple of good games with with Tannehill. I just, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying Corey Davis, especially as a potential number one wideout for the Jets. Hey, no way. And, you know, Denzel Mims. Uh, you know, I mean this 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 team is still. Very much a work in progress. So, I mean, I, I've done 12, 14 best ball drafts already. I, I don't even – I don't have Chris Herndon on a single one. I was wow. just throwing the name out there, guys. No, yeah,
0: I, I <laughs> like it. And the thing is, I actually am very interested in this Jets receiving core because, look, they have a bunch of different guys like Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, uh, Elijah Moore, Chris Herndon. Like somebody's going to step up and become the one. And I don't think he can be Corey Davis. I don't think he can be Chris Herndon. I I do like Chris Herndon, but I don't think he can be the number one option with all these receivers here. So I think one of these two guys, either Denzel Mims or or Elijah Moore, are gonna step up as the one. And with Elijah Moore's size being, you know, a little bit of an issue, he's like five, nine, 180 pounds. I think Denzel Mims could step up and be a true alpha this offense. It just depends on who Zach Wilson meshes with first. And through all the oh, flipping the coin, okay. Yeah, Sims. <laughs> yeah that's
2: essentially what it is. That's, See, that's why he's my upside guy. The, the yeah. ADP is just that's absolutely
3: outrageous. At, I
0: mean, he's like free, he basically, unfastful? right? Like, he's
3: where free. is he? Yeah, where is he? Oh, like, like
2: the 15th round, it's yeah, unreal. He's
3: yeah. Like I think he played round what
2: round. ten games? Yeah, he was a little banged up. I get like, Corey it. He be drafted in like the eighth round
0: <laughs> because Probably. he finished as yeah.
2: wide receiver thirty in a completely different offense. Like from yeah. from a trusting standpoint, look, you went out and you gave Corey Davis a three year. What was it? Thirty seven million or something along yeah, those lines or whatever deal. it was. Like. It was a big contract. Don't contest. play me. Don't say you gave no, I'm looking at. I'm looking at you. Well, there. Man, Howard, we're, there, we're right up on Howard today, man. <laughs> I will we're turn off my camera ball. right now. <laughs> but see, here, here's the thing. So in in basically a very similar offense with Mike's brother Matt, Corey Davis had a 28% target share his second year in the league. So at the very minimum, he knows a lot of this terminology, and you see, this is what happens when new coaches take over teams. When Kyle Shanahan took over the 49ers. He signed Pierre Garcon, who he worked with in Washington. They look for these guys that understand their terminology, that can be sort of that veteran presence and be the player they lean on at first. So Corey Davis, for me, is probably going to have a fairly decent first eight or nine weeks. And then when Mims or Elijah Moore take that step up, that's when those guys are going to basically lead you into your fantasy playoffs and or potentially your championship if Zach Wilson becomes what we hope that he will be. Yes, Howard, you mentioned that YOLO ball will get him into trouble in the pros. It will. But uh, here's the thing that I found the other day that I was like completely baffled when I saw. Zach Wilson had 10 rushing touchdowns last year at BYU. That's a completely underrated part of his game.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I couldn't believe it because everybody's talking about Zach Wilson not
2: being athletic. And I'm like, you don't fall into 10 rushing touchdowns.
0: How, how many, many does yards do you have, though? Do you know how many yards I mean, he you have? averaged
2: like four yards a carry. 11. Or like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Tom,
3: Tom Brady touchdowns. Right.
2: I don't think it was anything that crazy.
3: Right. I'm just going to be a
1: selfish SOB right now, and I'm going right. to take this one in myself. Yank, yanking it out of
3: the running back's gut. Back. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, you guys brought up a lot of key points. Um, One of the things I like to think about is, and I, I lean heavily on this probably to a fault, is the scheme that the coaches are bringing with them. So I like to compare a lot of what we might see out of the Jets to what we saw out of San Francisco, just because head coach and offensive coordinator are coming from that tree. And what worries me for guys, we already talked about Jamison Crowder, but Elijah Moore was San Francisco ran ran the third fewest three wide receiver sets in the NFL last year. So I don't know how much room there's going to be for a slot wide receiver. And while I understand Herndon is not George Kittle, he's just not. The practices that they're going to run are going to be tight end centric unless they're just planning on giving up on it. And that could force generate a – camaraderie between Zach Wilson and Chris Herndon where if the coaches are saying, you know, look at the tight end, look at the tight end, look at the tight end. And he's forced to because of what they're used to, it could play out very well for Herndon. I'm not a Herndon truther. And I was actually one of the guys last year who was on the other side of that pushing back against them when they tried to say he was going to blow up last year. Cause it just, I didn't see it happening under Adam gaze, but I did say if gaze left, I could see something happening. And so now I'm back on the train with Herndon. So I'm gonna well, not- I mean,
2: keeping in mind Herndon's blow up was with Sam Darnold during his rookie year. Yeah. Rookie yeah. quarterbacks, they fall in love with tight ends because they're a safety valve. So yeah. there's definitely some, I don't want to say truth to, you know, Herndon, because, again, all the truthers are just going to be like, oh, I told you so. But, yeah, no, like there, there's there's something there. And, again, like, you know, as you mentioned, Ryan, the, the familiarity in those types of offenses, they use George Kittle a lot. They scheme for the tight end. Herndon is athletic. He's not George Kittle, but he is athletic. If they want to work him into
3: this system, there will be opportunity for him. And at his current price, he's free. And, and as we are going to bring up a lot about these three teams – they're gonna have to throw the ball. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. guys. Can I go back? Can I go back to Zach Wilson really quick? So I just looked sure. up uh, his rushing stats. It's closer that's to eleven seven. than I actually thought it'd be. It's seventy attempts for two hundred fifty-four yards. So that's a three point six yards per carry and ten touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. That's a cr- two hundred fifty-four yards and ten touchdowns. That's a crazy pace. That's, that's eleven like, touchdowns that on really
3: cool. seventy carries is also a very crazy pace.
2: Yeah, I, I would yeah. not expect him to run for 70 yards, but you know what? He's going to scramble a lot behind no, that seven, offensive. Yeah, line, 70 so. attempt, yeah, 70 attempts.
0: Yeah, 70 times, 70 attempts, 254 yards. Yeah. And then 10 touchdowns. That's that's not gonna happen. That's not a sustainable pace yeah. at all.
2: No, he's definitely not gonna run the ball seventy times, but he will scramble no by default. But I will yeah, say, I think they like the left side of their offensive line, getting Elijah Vera Tucker next to makai becton that's going to be that like running lane for p ryan and carter and ty johnson and you know whatever the hell they get out of tevin coleman because let's face it homeboys washed but that's going to be where they run the football and michael carter averaged over six yards per carry at at north carolina i'm very curious to see yeah
1: but everybody knows they're going to the left side they're running the left side here we go yeah He's going to hey, roll is out it, to the is right. It's moving a
2: three hundred and seventy-pound brick wall in Makai Beckton <laughs> No, who? You know what? I mean, listen. I
1: love Makai Becton. I think he's fantastic. But how many times did we see him come out of games last year? Yeah. Also, because when you are that fat, and you know, I'm kind of putting on that. I, I got I got like quarantine weight still on me. Right? There's like oh, three hundred quarantines on me right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, like, I mean, there's the wear and tear on the knees yeah. and the ankles, and that's something that we also have to watch because if they continuously run it over to that side, you know, towards Beckton and he's going to end up, you know, grabbing defensive linemen or, you know, whatever, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have some wear and tear on him for sure.
2: Well, I and think the- having a yeah. reliable piece like Vera Tucker – next to him I think should help should
3: yes. help yes as a yeah. fellow fat guy I can speak to the added pressure on the knees and the ankles I have the crutches here because I'm pretty sure I tore my meniscus <laughs> so
1: ah, yeah I, brought, I broke my foot last year right in the uh, in the beginning so I'm, I'm so, we oh, had man. to pull Ryan
2: off of IR to fill in tonight so yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> he'll
1: be back on for the next 10 days though so. <laughs> today's podcast to was so. sponsored by Percocet
3: yeah
1: <laughs> <and laughs> oxycodone Um, yes
0: oh man not a sponsor (laughs) not yet gotta preface (laughs) that not yet (laughs) okay guys so one one last question before we move on who leads this team in receiving yards (laughs) (laughs) I know that's a terrible question I know that's a terrible question to try to answer
3: but oh, I want to hear it. That's adorable. I know. As one person who doesn't hate Corey Davis, I will happily and say confidently Davis. say Corey
0: Davis.
1: Uh, you know, Howard, I
0: know that was a terrible question. Yeah, I mean,
1: Josh it. made a good point with the fact of leaning on Davis a little bit in the earlier run there, also. So I'll side with Ryan and say Corey <laughs> Davis, too.
2: I'm taking this.
0: I'm taking Mims. Yeah, I, I think it's really just going
2: to depend on how big his second it might half. be
0: like – Mims might have like 600 yards, but he could still lead the team.
2: That's oh, true. Yeah. Team Absolutely. Terrible. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My number I one – I of C too C will C say Davis, yards. but again,
2: I think a lot of it will come in the first half of the season. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I really do. I think he is better as a compliment. He's better as a two or a one Yeah. Leader. And See, if Mims a, really becomes what they feel that he can be – And if he becomes that one, Corey Davis will be good for this team. And Zach Wilson has a bright future.
0: Yeah, because the thing is, when like AJ Brown was out a few games last season, like when AJ Brown was out and Corey Davis was the had the opportunities, the one, he literally had nothing. He had no games above sixty yards.
3: Yeah, those were those DFS weeks where everyone's like, "You gotta start Corey Davis." Yeah,
0: and he had Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. Like he had a pretty good quarterback. And then when A.J. Brown came back, he instantly had like a 100-yard game. When the da- the game A.J. Brown came back, he had like a 100-yard game. So it's just Corey Davis can't be – it's kind of like Juju, but he, he's definitely a different, very different receiver than Juju, but he can't be trusted as the number one option in offense. So I, I am with you, uh, Josh, that he probably will be targeted a lot in the first half. I'm, But I think Denzel Mims could break out early. I think he could just take over because – Corey Davis, I think, is going to disappoint if he's the number one option. He's going to really disappoint.
3: Yeah. Definitely an option. Definitely disappointing.
0: All right. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely disappointing. All right, so let's move on to the, the most disappointing team, the worst team in the NFL, the Houston God, Texans. So bad. Last year, so bad. somehow, they went 4-12. and Dave Coley is their new coach. Upside for both Ryan and Josh. It's Philip Lindsey. Downside for both Ryan and Josh, it's David Johnson. The trust fall player is Brandon Cooks. And the rookie to watch for Ryan is Nico Collins. And for Josh, it's Brevin Jordan. Homer Joe's pick. Sleeper, Joe's sleeper, literally nobody. But that being said, <laughs> it's Randall Cobb. And then Joe's IDP guy is Zach Cunningham. All right. So, Howard, who is your player to watch?
1: Um, you know what? I, I'm going to go with Nico Collins here. I think, you know, when you look at, at the, the receiving core, um, Kiki Kute, Brandon cooks, um, uh, who, who who's Randall, Randall Cobb. Cobb. Randall Cobb. I mean, these guys are all they're They're all what? Like five, nine and shorter.
3: They're all like, slot wide receivers,
1: <laughs> right? Nico Collins, the only guy on that roster who's over six feet tall. So you know, I'll, I'll kind of put a little, you know, a little stock into him, maybe for some uh, for some jump balls in the end zone. You know, they don't really have <clears throat> excuse me. They don't really have that that, you know, bona fide tight end. I know that, you know, Jordan Akins was supposed to be that guy. But, you know, I think they're better off with the uh, with, with with the jump ball and playing more of a vertical game. Now, a lot's going to depend on what, whether Watson even plays or not, because if Watson doesn't play, then, you know, you, you can take your, your Nico Collins shares in redraft and flush them down the toilet, you know. <laughs> um, Dynasty's still fine, but, you know, listen, I, I just I think that there's something to be said. You know, size does matter in the NFL. It really does, and you it can't does. sit there. You know, you're not the Patriots. You're not running an offensive scheme like, you know, you got like – Julian Edelman and a bunch of other mice running around out there in the secondary, you know, you need some size, you need some, you know, a, a vertical asset inside that red zone. So I think Nico Collins could be that guy.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't know how much Nico, I don't know what the odds, I don't know how good the chances are that Nico Collins takes over as the one this year. Cause no, I still probably. think Brandon cooks can still be a good one of an offense, but I think Nico Collins in his rookie year has a great opportunity to be the number two. Yeah. And this team is going to have to throw a ton. It doesn't, it, this team is going to have to throw this defense is the worst. I mean, this team is the worst, but they're going to have to throw a lot. And Nico Collins as a number two option could be pretty fancy productive.
3: And I mean, yeah, just combining what you and Howard said is exactly why I had him as my rookie to watch is he's huge. He's six, four over 200 pounds. Uh, he was used as a downfield red zone threat in college at Michigan. Um, even if they don't have Deshaun Watson at quarterback and, and Howard, you kind of hit this on the head that we don't know quite how it's all going to play out if Deshaun Watson's out, but they're still going to have to throw the ball a ton and Nico Collins, let's say it's Davis mills. There's a very good chance. Davis mills and Nico Collins are going to build ke- uh, chemistry in these rookie camps. They were their The two third round picks by the Texans and we've seen it before. Um, and I always forget the kid's name, but there was the kid from the jets who came in and immediately latched on to Robbie Anderson because they had worked together so much on the practice squad. Uh, This was like four or five years ago. Um, But you've seen it before where guys who've meshed in preseason and rookie camp get to play together later in the season and they end up just throwing into each other the entire time. And that's something you could see happen later on in the season where I'm not saying in a redraft to go get Nico Collins. For the love, do not go draft Nico Collins and redraft. But in dynasty, he's probably falling third, fourth in rookie ra- rookie drafts, maybe later than that. And he's a guy who you might want to look to add and redraft or DFS later on in the season if you see a spark start to happen. Yeah,
2: yeah. I went in a different direction on my rookie to watch because oh, I know why you did. Obligated to <laughs> talk about my Miami Miami hurricane pro players. That's why I like Brevin Jordan. But I'm a big Nico Collins guy. I've been trying to scoop him up in every Dynasty rookie draft this offseason, and it's usually right around the third round where he's going. Yeah, And a lot of it is I feel like he fell in the real NFL draft because he opted out of 2020. I mean, he had 13 touchdowns over uh, 2018 and 2019
0: in Michigan. March wasn't really
2: anything eye-popping. But he averaged, I believe, it was over 16 yards per reception in 2018, and almost 20 yards perception in 2019. So he knows how to get down the field. He can use that size to his advantage. And Howard, just like you mentioned, they got a bunch of short guys. I mean, it's basically like
3: that was the running joke last year.
2: There you go. Exactly. I mean, and I, as much as I love Brandon Cooks as a one of the most underrated wide receivers in in nowadays NFL. Yeah. When he's really been asked to be that number one guy where he doesn't have a ton outside of him, he always finds a way to get hurt and miss games because he can't be the guy that goes over the middle and takes those types of hits because he's just not built for it. But he can get down the field and utilize that speed to get behind defenses. The way that I have the Texans statted out right now Good God, they're gonna cycle through about six quarterbacks because I can't imagine that Tarod Taylor is gonna play more than four games. I just can't see it. The guy is just terrible. They'll find a way to give Davis Mills some snaps. You don't, you don't, you have very limited draft capital, and they spent their first pick on a quarterback. That tells me that they are not expecting Deshaun Watson to play this year. And if that's the case, this entire offense is in trouble. I'm all for dart throws with Nico, but just like you guys said, redraft, I tend to stay away from rookie wide receivers anyway in redraft because they're eventually going to hit the waiver wire after about three weeks anyway, and then you can scoop them up when you start to see improvements and where they start to, that trajectory. But, yeah, this this whole entire team is just going to
3: be bad. Like,
0: bad. <laughs> yeah.
2: I feel bad for Dave Coley because I, he's a scapegoat. He's going to get fired after this year. I really do feel that.
0: So something that popped out to me on your list, Ryan and Josh both put put Philip Lindsay as their upside guy. I mean, I do understand why you would put that, but what is your reasoning? I just want you to explain it a little bit.
3: I just think... Philip Lindsay is an underrated guy in most NFL circles at this point. Um, he's proven time and time again he could get it done. Then he, of course, got put in a bad situation for fantasy last year in Denver when they bring Melvin Gordon in and so now all of a sudden he's splitting carries and he was held out of the end zone. I think he scored one touchdown last year, but he was still over four yards per carry had 500 yards, didn't get to show what he had shown previously in the passing game. I think last year has made a lot of people forget that Philip Lindsay was James Robinson before James Robinson was James Robinson. And so Lindsay is going to get a chance now with a pretty well washed up David Johnson where what incentive is David Johnson going to have to break his back for the Texans this year? Little to none. I won't be surprised if David Johnson is a full Leonard Fournette and cut before the season even starts. Um, Lindsay. Productive for them. And, and that's, that's absolutely true. But he was, it, there's a big difference between being productive with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller and guys out there who are other weapons where it's just David Johnson now, sure. where I think yeah. Lindsay could go in there and sh- Shine a light on this offense and actually score touchdowns on a team that isn't going to score a lot of touchdowns. And I think we just forget how good Lindsay was for those first two years because of how bad things were last year.
2: Um, David Johnson is cheeks. That's (laughs) basically why I have Philip Lindsay as an upside. He is long past his prime, and his prime literally lasted one season. This is an offense they like. If they if they really do implement a lot of what they did in Baltimore with this team, the running backs still are not going to see targets. And that was my biggest gripe against David Johnson last year. Everybody was like, oh, David Johnson, he's going to bring a receiving element into this team. Coaches are stubborn assholes. They want players to fit their scheme. They do not alter their scheme around their players. It is just fact. David Johnson still was not the weapon in the receiving game that so many people expected him to be. That's why Duke Johnson's career went to die in Houston because Duke Johnson is a great receiver. And they still did not throw the man the football. Like, it's baffling to me. They're not going to throw (laughs) these guys the football. And right now, if you ask me who the best runner on that team is, it is Philip Lindsay, hands down, and his ADP is reflecting that. So I would much rather take the dart throw on Philip Lindsay than spend whatever it is to spend on David Johnson.
1: Okay, so I agree with both of you. David Johnson is is gassed. He's done. We saw it last year. It was it was fine. Philip Lindsay's biggest problem is that this dude cannot pass block. He yeah. cannot pass block to save his life. Ranked somewhere in the neighborhood of. I think 141 was uh, was was his overall ranking as far as a pass blocker goes. Now, if they go, if if Ryan is right and they do cut David Johnson beforehand, you could see Philip Lindsay as the quote unquote lead back, and all of a sudden he's the guy to take it between the tackles. But the reason that they brought in Mark Ingram, uh, we can't forget about Mark Ingram. Yeah, um, his pass blocking is very strong, and he might not see the targets. But his pass blocking is strong enough that you could see Mark Ingram on third downs and have Philip Lindsay actually be that early down back. I know that everybody just assumed uh, that that he that Philip Lindsay was the uh, the third down back and in, in Denver and that's you know what his role was. But you know, I mean, it was what Devonta Booker was yeah. actually a better pass catcher and a better pass blocker than Lindsay. So they do need to get rid of David Johnson, get him out of the way. You make Philip Lindsay your lead back, and then you have Mark Ingram come in as your third down, your pass blocking guy. He can still catch a couple of passes, can take it to the outside. The reason a guy like Duke Johnson didn't work, I mean, aside from the fact that he sucks,
2: and uh, oh Howard, <laughs> we're going to be fighting here. In a minute. Dude, right, yeah, <laughs> Duke
1: Johnson was like a disaster. The dude couldn't cut it in Cleveland. He couldn't cut it in, in Houston. He's just—he's terrible. He's overrated. Poorly utilized overly he's overrated but I mean Deshaun Watson doesn't need a pass catching running back that's the thing like if you want to talk about why a guy isn't being utilized properly it's because Deshaun Watson will happily extend plays with his legs as opposed to just hitting the check down and, and and dumping it off to his running back he doesn't that's not the kind of game that Watson likes to play Maybe that, you know, that changes around a little bit this year, obviously, if if Watson doesn't play. But, yeah, I mean, I, I still like i I like Philip Lindsay, um, you know, as, as a guy to grab here. But I don't think I think people who take him in PPR who automatically just assume that he's going to be that pass catching running back are going to be disappointed with him. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, never
2: understood the yeah. Philip Lindsay is a pass catching back. I just because he's smaller, like that doesn't. I understand certain like pass catching backs have a you know size profile, but that's not Philip Lindsay and Howard. To your point, out of 152 graded pass blockers at running back for per Pro Football Focus, uh, Lindsay was 122.
1: Oh, 122.
2: Yeah. So he's in other words, that. that's it's still terrible. Terrible. I'm, I'm,
1: sure, I'm sure that's only because I'm 21 improved. guys retired or left football.
2: No, no, no. Well, and that's the thing. And I'm saying this as these are guys that, you know, they only, I mean, this is factoring in guys that only played one game, two games, four games. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there's, I mean, if you take out all of that, he's still terrible. <laughs> exactly. So
0: yeah. yeah
2: yeah he was like 77th uh when you when they do the like the 20 percent of whatever the number is or whatever like he was 77th out of like 90 or something
3: yep and that's one thing you can't do is you can't get your quarterback killed especially exactly if they're going to throw a rookie like davis mills out there they don't want to have lindsey out there just letting him get blindsided every play so yeah
2: if you see lindsey out there on an obvious passing down he's probably getting the football yeah (laughs) yeah like, I mean, that's that's really how it boils down. I mean, that's why he got thrown passes in Denver, because he was the number one read in that, in that on that particular play.
3: Yep. But, yeah, one of my biggest worries is something I touched on is I just don't know how motivated David Johnson is going to be to play for this team. David Johnson is, in his own mind, still got to be a top 10 running back in the NFL, and you're playing for a team that is playing for the first pick of the draft. <laughs> so...
0: They're not really playing for it. They're just, they're just, they're not really playing for it. They're just going to be given it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We, we thought that about the Jets last year and yeah, exactly. they, they messed that exactly. up. Exactly. It's never, oh it's God. never in the bag, guys.
0: The, the Jets beat the Rams in that one game. Dude, that, that was, was the
3: curse of Adam Gates,
2: Howard. That was,
1: <laughs>
0: that was, right, which is, stunning. which is
2: why I'm all in on Sam
1: Darnold this year. I, he, he will be on every single one of my teams. Like I'll draft him as a second QB. But that dude is going to ball, right? Yep. Him, DJ
0: Moore, they're going to be like pew, 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 locked step. Oh, yeah, dude, he's plenty of upside this year.
3: Oh, I love him. I think he's. I think in, in leagues where you want to wait to draft a quarterback late, Darnold's going to be an excellent one to get towards and the look, end of the year. Yeah, him. and we know the rapport that he
2: has with Robbie Anderson, and look how great Robbie Anderson was last year. Yep.
0: And now he is CMC. Remember, he's still a CMC. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a run-first team. He's going to stay comfortable, and he's going to be able to dump it off to CMC a lot. And just going to keep Darnold comfortable and just – he's going to let him play. I'm
2: actually worried that Sam Darnold is going to suck only because he's going to be so starstruck because he's not going to know what to do with all this talent around him. Oh, he's no, never no, 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 no. Week one,
1: 325 yards, three touchdown passes. He's going to run it against one the
2: Jets in week one?
1: Yes, It's against the Jets in week one, right? 100%. And that's exactly oh, what man. he's going to do. He's going to oh, ball yeah. out for that first game right there. And then he's just gonna sit there. He's just gonna be like,
3: oh he's like, this is what
1: football have
2: one share of him in Dynasty. I'm gonna be like, all right, first round pick. give me. Right? (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Oh my
0: god. (sighs) Gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. Texans Texans are gonna be rough. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to watch them lose. Like terribly. (sighs) Ah. I don't know. I don't like to root
3: against teams, but it's just – obviously there's the whole off-the-field stuff with Watson, but even I mean, if Watson traded, plays – They
0: traded away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, and then they yeah. released AJ Watt, who are both now on the Cardinals together, which is actually yeah. ironic. They just need to clean house and get rid of
1: everything from
3: ownership through yeah.
1: general manager. Like everything. You get rid of the front office and ownership, and that franchise will be turned around. See, it is a new
3: GM, right? It's the kid from New England. Yeah, yeah new exactly. There. Yeah. Horrible,
1: horrible. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was. It was. It's the um.
3: What's call? It? The Belichick tree. You've got Belichick
1: no, no, no. on he's your resume. He's and not you'll even get a the job. Belichick tree. This guy. Like, have you guys like really? Have we? Have we like really dived into this front office here for uh for Houston? Because this is. I mean,
2: this all is all I know. Is if if you're so bad. That you get Andre Johnson to speak out and speak out negatively of you, you have a problem because that man is like yeah. a mute. He does not talk yeah. to the media yeah. at all. And Andre Johnson, who's one of the great receivers of his generation and arguably in, in uh, Houston history, came yeah. out and said, Get rid of Jack Easterby. Yeah. Then you will see improvement. That's but, how you but, know there's a but problem. Casario-
1: casario is one of easterbee's guys too like that's yep. the problem the problem is is mcnair is a, uh, I mean you know for lack of a better way to say it, cal mcnair is is an old school disgusting racist get him the hell away from this team you know what if the nba can push out the uh, the old owner of oh, the I'll clippers yep. for making racist comments cal mcnair needs to go from owning the houston texans And then he's got Easterby and Easterby's got his ear. And we all know Easterby who started off uh, as a team chaplain and all of a sudden kind of like sidled his way in without any kind of NFL experience. And all of a sudden now Easterby is some executive in the NFL. And then Easterby is the one who hired Casario and Casario is one of his boys. They were in new England together. So it's not even like, that's the problem is that it's not even the Belichick tree. Coming to coming to Houston, I mean, they tried that already with Bill O'Brien, right? Well, I mean, it was,
3: well, I mean was you a, actually you actually hit it well on the head because before the off-field stuff, this whole thing started when Watson gave them a very small list of people he wanted them to interview, and they straight up refused to even give them
0: an interview. So, yeah, it, it's, Robert Taylor it's, was one of those guys, right? Now he's on the Jets. Yep, that, I think that was the guy wants, Watson wanted the most, right? Is that true or I,
3: I hadn't heard that far into it. Um, but like I said, it's just if you truly believe this guy was your star quarterback and you just paid him the year before, why would you not believe that? Why do you not interview his guys? Like, what kind of old school racist backwards thinking is that that like I'm not gonna let this guy tell me how to run my team? It's like, no, you are if you want to win. <laughs> like yeah, especially
0: look, he's being paid, you're paying him a lot of money, and he's look, he's a star quarterback. He yeah. can kind of do what he wants. Like like he's a loved he's a star quarterback. He's a loved quarterback in the NFL. Like he can kind of just do what he wants. And if you don't want if you don't want to go with Let, him, Let's use late. past tense with that, Hutch.
3: Yeah, let's I think Watson has kind what? of
0: a bad rep.
3: Yeah. sorry, moment, what? Yeah, though. he's got a bad rep lately.
0: <laughs> yeah, at this point yeah, I said we
3: just don't even yeah, talk sorry. about the late.
0: <laughs> Not as of late. Sorry. There you go. Not as, not as of late, but he was Yes, when so this whole correct. thing started with
3: Casario, there yep. was light at the end of the tunnel for Deshaun Watson. That tunnel has collapsed. So, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I think that might be a good time to end the show.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, because all, all three of us, the wheels are spinning. We're like, what kind of really stick freaking jokes can we make here? Oh, wait, we got hot here now. We can't make those
3: jokes. I know the one person we're trying to be that.
0: PG today, guys. I'm pretty, sure I'm, the, I'm pretty sure I'm the one person who's not thinking about that. There you go. So, and, and, you are correct, and sir. Good yeah. point there. Yeah. Good <laughs> for that. And yeah. make
3: sure it
1: stays that way. That's right. Yeah, for as long as you did as start possible. making the as jokes, as you'd be like, oh, hi. Oh, yep. Yes. Hello, Andy. Yes. Hello, Andy. I'm sorry <laughs> I've corrupted your son. I'm really, really sorry. It won't happen again. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Yep. Uh, your dad says I can't play with you anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, <Howard. laughs> all right guys any last thoughts before we wrap this up
2: houston is going to be so bad Continue. horrible that's a good thought that's
3: a yes good thought. don't don't draft any texans any yeah. of them even philip Lindsay, yeah. just stay away
0: None of them. i think Brandon cook's gonna be drafted
3: i don't know where he's going right now so it'll all come down yeah to value, yeah yeah.
0: yeah. You know? where he's yeah. going it does but i think he'll definitely be fantasy relevant that's true yeah all right guys that's all for this episode of no punt intended presented by club fantasy. Thank you guys for tuning in and big thanks to Howard Bender for yes. joining us. Howard, please remind everyone where they can find you and maybe tell us a little bit about what you're working on lately.
1: All right, let's see. Um, you can find me all over the pages of fantasyalarm.com. Uh You can hit me up on Twitter at Roto buzz um, I am on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio Monday through Friday. Uh, Six to eight PM Eastern. Uh, I'm also on the Anti Up podcast with uh, with Adam Ronis. Uh, that's comes. That's Monday through Friday. You can find that on Spotify and iTunes, and uh, I think Pandora actually as well. Um, uh, what am I working on? You can also find my fantasy baseball and football stuff in the uh, in the New York Post um i'm working on some super secret stuff here that i'm not allowed to reveal but i'll tell you what it's coming up for this football season and it's damn good
2: yes i know a little bit about i think i know a little bit about what you're talking about and i agree it's going to be fantastic i don't
0: think i know but it's gonna be fantastic anyway (laughs) we'll talk off (laughs) air yeah all right all right man and uh real quick just uh the i was talking to these guys before the show and they were so not kind to of let me you know put myself out there a little bit you can follow me on twitter at tyfmnfl the young fantasy mind nfl and guys i have a new website coming out soon it's going to be the young fantasy and um, it's dropping on tuesday when my next episode comes out it'll be launched And it's going to have my official rankings on there, top 30 receivers, top 30 running backs, and top 15 quarterbacks and tight ends. It's going to be awesome. And I just – I've been working on that website. I've been working on those rankings for a while now, and I just can't wait to get that website out there.
2: I can't thank you guys enough for coming on. Howard, it's been an absolute joy having you on. And Hutch, you have filled in brilliantly, and you – You've left the Joe dri- diatribes to the side, and I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> Who's Joe? Joe, I love you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Everybody, go follow both of these gentlemen. They're yes, absolutely please. fantastic. Yeah, our Twitter handles
0: are our names, so you know you can go just follow them there. All right, guys, that's gonna be it. If you haven't subscribed to the Club Fantasy YouTube channel, please get on at youtube.com/slash Club Fantasy FFL. You can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL Club Fantasy The site is filled with our look inside articles. These guys have been writing articles. Look, the episodes we're talking about with the teams—they're basically just writing the article version of this podcast, and it's—I can't—I can't wait to go in and see some of that stuff. It's going to be awesome. And the Jaguars are dropping Monday, the Jets today, uh, Wednesday, and the Texans will release on Friday. One more time, make sure you follow our awesome guest, Howard Bender, on Twitter, at RotoBuzzGuy, and be sure to join us next week as I'm returning as host, since Joe needs another week off, of course, Joe. Oh, lazy Joe. And we're continuing, we're continuing our Look Inside series, and we'll be talking about the Falcons, the Bengals, and the Eagles. Three – not as trash teams as the teams we talked today. Sorry, Howard Bender, for bringing you on for that show. Um, but we'll be talking with the fantasy football's lead writer, injury expert, and DFS analyst, Matthew Betts. We'll see you all, guys. We'll see you guys next week with that episode. Peace out, everybody.